0: Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Murder on Tap. We are your hosts, Allie and Jose.
1: What is up, everybody?
0: What is up? Uh, thank you for joining us.
1: Do I sound too monotone all the time?
0: Yes. Oh. Hey, That's,
1: everybody. How's it going? Not
0: just when we're recording, but all <laughs> the time.
1: <laughs> uh, welcome back to Murder on Tap. We'd like to welcome you to the podcast of Beer and True Crime.
0: This is Dingo and the Baby. I'm just kidding. It's not Dingo and the Baby. But um,
1: <sighs> Way to ruin my mood. Sorry. Well?
0: I liked your enthusiasm, though. Thanks. Meow.
1: So, what's new with you?
0: Not a damn thing. Yeah,
1: same here. Okay, moving on.
0: <laughs> that was easy. Oh, really any, easy. <laughs> any beer news? I beer feel news. Like, I feel like most of our beer news is like... Yeah, it's about beer, but then there's always puppies involved, or some yeah, kind of you dog throw, involved.
1: because you always throw puppies and Me, dogs. Says man. the
0: guy who's Good News Network is all about dogs and
1: Because dogs adoption. are the best kind of They peoples. are. They truly are. Thank God for them. Non-peoples.
0: Okay, yes. Do tell us about the news.
1: All right. So, uh, in beer news, today is National Beer Day. It is
0: National Deer, uh, beer. beer Day. But technically, we're recording on National Beer Day, which is April 17th. Yeah, so you guys are a day late. Well, you're going to hear it a day late. But anyway, that's not (laughs) the problem.
1: (laughs) It's kind of hard to record the day before and be like, hey, it's National Beer Day.
0: Yeah. Psych. Although people do. But we hope you all had a safe, uh, I want to say safe at home National Beer Day. (laughs) Yep, Um, yep. You got some of your beer. Some of your favorite brews.
1: Hopefully, uh, you guys had a good Sit time back, with yourself or with people six feet away from you.
0: Yes, or even through... With whatever. masks. Zoom, FaceTime, there whatever you go, the yeah. hell it is that everyone's using now.
1: Next podcast, we're going to Zoom.
0: No, we are not.
1: I'm going to Zoom you and you'll Zoom me. And then we're going to Zoom Zoom in the boom <laughs> boom. <laughs> um, no, uh, other news. Corona... Not the virus oh. has stopped production during the pandemic.
0: <laughs> but it is about the coronavirus.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. The corona and the coronavirus.
0: <laughs> we tried. We really tried. I guess sales are down. Yeah. No shit. I mean, everybody fucking. Sales are it down.
1: It's like people think that they're going to they get talk, corona from corona. Uh, just
0: Social media is
1: hey, one hell a, of a drug. <laughs> if you're a corona drinker and there's still beer out there, just buy them all. They might even be cheaper.
0: Yeah. Um, Maybe prices might skyrocket because...
1: Oh, you get that limited edition, Rona edition fucking... Straight up. Damn. All right. Well, um, that's it for uh, beer news, at least for today. For today. So let me just jump into the beer of the week. Let's get everybody in a circle. Six feet away, please. And um here we go.
0: Grab your favorite brew.
1: Oh yeah, hold on, I forgot. And join I, us. I was about to talk without even popping the thing.
0: Yet again. This is a beer and a ah. true crime podcast. You forget the beer.
1: I know, huh? I'm uh my brain's somewhere else. Oh so, smoke came out of this.
0: Ooh that's how you know it's gonna be good
1: carbonation. So can
0: I give a little um I don't know. This is, well, I'm gonna. This is my section. I know, but technically, we heard about this beer from my friend. A while back ago. Margaret. A while back ago. Yes, way in the beginning. She had sent me a picture and she was like, you gotta try this. I don't know if it was this bottle exactly, but I think it was because. Um, I,
1: just really I like think that it is, yeah.
0: I think it is. So, shout out to Margaret. Thank you for the recommendation. I'm excited. Thanks,
1: Marge. Is that short for Margaret?
0: That's what I call her, but I don't think oh, you should there you call go. her that. Okay. <laughs> it's my nickname, not yours. Sorry,
1: Margaret. <laughs> Ooh, this pour is really nice.
0: Yeah, it does. That's so pretty. It looks like, like apple cider. We're not there yet. Okay. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Okay. So, let's give it a sip. Cheers, everyone.
0: Cheers. Cheers to you all and to Margaret, most especially. Ooh. Oh, okay. Alright. I see you.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's get into it. This beer, I don't know why, but this last three beers that we've had, for some reason, maybe it's because I like the bottle shape, I didn't realize that they're all Belgian beers. Mhm. They're all from Belgium.
0: Yeah, you can tell straight up Yeah. just from the bottle
1: I didn't realize the that artwork. But um Okay. So this beer is brewed by Bro Ridge Heige. Ooh, I think I said it right. I know really? I said I know I said brow ridge. But in for effort. Yeah, yep. I went on I went on Google and I try to you know I put out the the spelling b r o u w e r i j, which is brewery, mm-hmm. in uh, Belgium. And um, it, there was one person that literally put out just say brewery. It's a brewery, <laughs> brewery. But then I looked up you know how to how to say it like in an audio file and but, say it, browridge. Just
0: the fact that somebody took the time. To like come up with a video to tell you like no no it wasn't a video
1: like, you know oh. you know when you go on Google and then yeah, there's yeah. like the main first thing that pops out and uh-huh. big bold letters that's what it said oh it said like, just that brewery it's like you ass
0: well they were trying to make it easier for you so
1: yeah but I want to I wanna know what it is. okay okay thanks Google so by Brauridge Heiga which is Heiga Brewery um, it was originally founded in 1906. Um, by Leon Haiga uh, in the city of Mel in East Flanders, Belgium. Okay. Yes, Mr. Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original site of, brewery, um, of the brewery has been operating since 1654. In 1906 is when Leon bought the as- existing brewery in that town. So, it was going on for a while, but then it became Leon's in
0: 1906.
1: Nice. So, 300 years running, and then they just sold it. <laughs> 300 years? 300 years. I think it's been open for almost 400 years.
0: I want to see that building. I bet it looks nice.
1: Well, that'd be cool. Um, no. So, yeah. So, he bought it in uh, 1906, and then the company received its name, which is the Broadridge Ridge Haiga. In uh well its present name in nineteen thirty eight. Okay. Alrighty. Uh they began by brewing a regular Pilsner, which is just like a Pilsner that they had. It doesn't even say Pilsner's. It just said it was pretty much like one style of beer. The Pilsner beer. That's okay. what they would brew. And then they quickly started brewing um, the style that is now known as the Belgian. The Belgian style. All just out beers, blah blah, blah blah blah, you know. I was just supposed to say blah blah once or twice, but I said it too many times. Certainly. So I drink what? Okay. So um, I didn't find too much on these guys, even though they've been around for like four hundred years. But this is an in- in- interesting fact.
0: Oh, do
1: tell. It is. Uh, they have a Christmas beer, which is named Deliria, From and it was chosen from 65 entries by women breweries. Brewer, oh, man. Women
0: brewers?
1: Yes. I was going to say women breweries. Oh. Women brewers. And in addition to that, uh, there was also a number of fruit beers with low ABVs, that were also brewed because of that vote or that uh suggestion. Mm-hmm. hmm Um okay, so Haiga after that Haiga started acquiring uh a lot more smaller Belgian breweries. Uh he didn't want to stop there with just that brewery. You know a lot of people expand and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he started buying out uh different breweries uh, in 1987 it was I just wrote the name because I want to try to say them all Okay. and if I say them wrong then I say them wrong but it's fun in 1987 it was Arteveld Grand Cru Ooh. Um, and then it was Browridge Ble- uh, Blertorin in 1987 no 1993 sorry Browridge Dam in 1994, and Broridge Villers in 1999. Was he still alive at the time? Well,
0: I'm sure he was.
1: Did yeah. Because he? he bought, he got his, um, oh no, that's right. Yeah. That's oh, wow, he must have been pretty old. Or maybe it's just a company that was handed down. I didn't get to that, I didn't see any of that that was handed down or anything like that, but... It does have a new owner now, of course, because 'cause it's been a hundred and ten so. years. But um yeah. So the beer that we're having today, I'm gonna give a little uh a little introduction. It oh, was that named wasn't an introduction. No, that was an introduction to the brewery. Oh to the brewerage. <laughs> I said it I said it differently every time. Raw oh. Rich.
0: That's okay. Ate for effort.
1: Oh thanks.
0: Hey, you're doing better than what I would.
1: Nice. And I'm happy about that. So, it was named Best Beer in the World in 2008.
0: In the world, though? In the
1: world. Mm -hmm. At the World Beer Championships in Chicago, Illinois.
0: Shit. There's a beer championships in Chicago? And it's in Illinois. We need to go there (laughs) every year. We need to make sure we stop by Illinois.
1: Yeah. Chicago, Illinois. Um and there's a book named "The 50 Greatest Beers in the World," and this beer has uh, the top spot. Sweet. Alrighty, let's get to it. This beer's name. This beer is named Delirium Tremens. Mm-hmm. It is an 8.5 percent ABV. It is sold year-round. And it is a Belgian strong pale ale. Oh, it's strong, all right. It's not as strong as you would think, but it is strong. Tasting it is yeah. very rich, very But flavorful. then it
0: all of a sudden, like, gives you this major head change.
1: You had two sips.
0: I have, I'm halfway done.
1: Oh, my goodness. You need to slow down, lady. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get yeah, to it before, be I look at the disc- before I read out what they said it was compared to what we say. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you go first. What are does it look me, like?
0: Well, it looks like it looks like apple cider.
1: It really does.
0: It straight up looks like apple cider. And even then, it tastes like apple cider.
1: And it's crazy because the little sizzles are coming up the side of my cup. And little bubbles from the bottom are soaking up the whole time like champagne.
0: Yeah, it's this beautiful dark champagne color. Yeah. It's very pretty.
1: Very pretty. Um, smell?
0: It looks like a beer. You
1: it does look... You know what? And I just smelled it, and it does smell like a beer. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, what do you think about the smell?
0: Um...
1: I already said that. Oh, what no, I thought, we- what do you think it is? Weedy and
0: piney?
1: <laughs> not piney. This one's not pine at all.
0: No, it's not
1: pine. It does smell like a beer. Like a... You know...
0: It smells like there's some kind beer. of... beer. Like, fruit
1: in it. Well, there's always fruit in these.
0: You know what I mean. It's not citrus, but... smells like... Something.
1: Like a flower.
0: Okay. We're completely off, probably.
1: Okay. We're not very good at this. Stop trying to look
0: at my notes. Why don't don't you just tell us... Okay,
1: what what does it taste like?
0: Apple cider. It tastes like beer. (laughs) It does taste
1: a little champagne-y. I think it's called, like, carbonation. Yeah. Um... It is a little bit, like, yeasty. I and think it's that's like, the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's smell. like yeast, and then it's it's not like a... It doesn't leave this flavor in your mouth. I mean, the, like, the residue.
0: It doesn't, but I'm trying to compare this to something.
1: But it does, there's like a little bit of flavor on the tip of your tongue, and then once you drink it, it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, this is going to sound terrible, but...
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Modelos, it tastes like... yeah, way better version of Modelo.
1: There you go. At least you didn't say Corona.
0: Oh, no. Um, You know what I mean, though?
1: I know what you mean. That's what I mean. It it tastes like a beer. Yeah, it does. Like Like a draft beer.
0: A draft beer. Exactly.
1: Okay. So, I wrote down as many things as I could because sometimes I don't know if people are really like their palate is so good, or they just throw shit out there. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to try to do The a segment of, we do it first, and then we see how many people we agree with, okay? <laughs> so, people said that the color was like a pale blonde. That's why I said blonder there. Okay. A pale blonde beer, which a lot of the blondes look this that color. That is, it
0: is. Yeah, yeah. very true. Okay.
1: Um, the smell, they said it was slightly malty, mm. a hint of alcohol. As of, I guess, you know, beer. And, uh, spicy. No. A little bit of peach. Okay. And a little bit of lemon.
0: Okay. I can see that. I told you there was some kind of fruit, but I couldn't put my...
1: I don't know about lemon. Yeah, or I can't spicy. spell
0: the citrus, but not even, not even the spice.
1: Yeah. So, this is the one. Taste. They said it was sour. Okay. But bitter.
0: Yeah.
1: They test. They tested a uh, pepper. They say tested, they tasted pepper, mm-hmm. light malt, peach, clove. Interesting. Grape. Oh. Um, maybe those white grapes.
0: But I think that's where. Or the green grapes. Remember, I, I said it kind of. You said it tastes like yeast. No, that's what I feel like. That comes from, I like that wine grape.
1: And then the last one, apricot.
0: Okay, I can see that.
1: You mean you could taste that? Well. Did you taste yes. any of those?
0: No, but I could taste something <laughs> like a bitter fruit of some kind. Yeah, I like probably, fermented fruit, obviously, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I just couldn't figure out what kind of. What but that's means.
1: why it's a a review that we do. You know what I mean? We review the beer.
0: That is true.
1: This is our point of view of the beer.
0: And if you don't like it, you can get the hell out of here.
1: If you don't like it, you can stop drinking alcohol and get sober.
0: Yeah. Which, if you do decide to do that, that's wonderful. That's great, yes. That's wonderful on your part. Good for you. Yeah,
1: that's a great move. I've
0: cut down significantly on my beer drinking. I yeah, you have. enjoy a good brew here and there. But sometimes, you know what? You just got to...
1: Take it easy. Ew, Ali's been drinking white claws. I
0: had like two white claws.
1: Down.
0: They're like 90 calories, okay? Oh,
1: my. Here you go with the <laughs> calories. Okay, so.
0: Well, that was delicious. I'm glad you finally brought That was beer, this beer news.
1: Let me get to. That was beer news. That was my beer. Of yes, tell us
0: so about the bottle because I love this bottle. The bottle is very cool. It I has love like their this.
1: Logo. It has like this, uh, what would you call it? Egg Eggshell color? Yeah. Eggshell color, and then like the. The texture of it is like it's like is a it? little, little Ooh, bumpy. It's a
0: little rough. I like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, it's like if they painted it by hand. Yeah. You know? And then uh the label it has uh it's a blue label, like a light blue baby la- label label. With a pink elephant right on the top. Mm-hmm. Which really makes it pop out. Uh, Delirium tremens on it and it says Family Brewery Haiga since sixteen fifty four. Uh, it is one pint. There is an actual, there is actually like a, it looks like a dragon, like a Chinese dragon symbol with an alligator with sunglasses doing the fat Joe and he's leaning back.
0: Oh, uh, yeah,
1: that's,
0: that's really cute.
1: It's very, <laughs> you know, he's actually that's doing
0: that what is the thing next to him?
1: I think it's a Chinese, like, dragon or... Oh,
0: is that what the dragon is? Yeah, right? Yeah, I can't see for the life of me, but that's fucking cool.
1: Because he's been drinking too much. Um... Because it's
0: dark, first of all. It's kind of dark.
1: Not um, that we're <laughs> sitting in the dark, <laughs> So, yeah, so 8.5% 8, 8. alcohol. Uh, Delirium, Tremens, they have a bunch of different beers. Um, the Deliria, which is a Christmas one... Ooh um they had another version of this delirium it's not the tremens one uh but i think that one was less alcohol percentage okay and um yeah go out to your local, local store they i've seen this in different places yeah it's not that like it gets like rare like the other ones that you know yeah surprisingly, smaller brewery i ones.
0: see this one more often than
1: yeah a it's uh ways. yeah you can find in places This bottle was uh, a one pint.
0: That's terrible. (laughs) You can find it (laughs) places.
1: And I like the top part too because it has just a a black... It looks like one of those... uh, What are those little... Not the chess pieces. You guys always play them the little, I think, backhamming.
0: Okay.
1: You know, the little... You move one, black, whites You move them back and forth. Yeah, yeah. The tip of it is like that. And it's a cork bottle.
0: It is a cork bottle. I like that about it. Which gives it that...
1: It gives it that fancy look.
0: Yeah. It's like you're drinking
1: with class. Indeed.
0: Pinkies up. Well Pinkies
1: up and glasses up.
0: Delicious, delicious, delicious. Oh Um, wait, I
1: mean I forgot to say, this beer was uh eleven dollars. For a one pint. You get two nice big glasses out of it. Yeah. Definitely. So uh yeah. And it's good. It's tasty. For all you like. Fancy people that like to drink your champagne and mimosas in the mornings, especially now that you're home in the mornings. Um, <laughs> pop one of these.
0: About mimosas today.
1: I you don't really do mimosas that well. That's okay.
0: You
1: will. I love orange juice, but I don't like champagne. I
0: guess you'll be missing out on my bottomless mimosas this weekend.
1: What? Okay, we are going to talk about mimosas next week. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's uh, the beer of the week. Please take us away into uh, the true crime segment Awesome. of the week segment.
0: Thank you. Well, it's not awesome, but you know what I mean.
1: You're saying it's awesome. That is your turn.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. So, let's take it there. Take it away. Um, naturally, any case is tragic, but this one is a pretty famous one that I'm sure you'll, um, that you'll remember once you hear all the details. But, um,
1: just tell us who it is.
0: Anyway, well, that's like the first line. But before I get to that, uh, most cases, um, that involve children are... Oh,
1: children. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Always horrific. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they're a little bit more um, heartfelt.
0: Yes, heartfelt, heartbreaking, and just a different type of sadness accompanies it. So...
1: Yes, uh... An adult is different because a child is so innocent.
0: So innocent, so... They didn't get a chance, like, no, not to say that nobody else got a chance, but they're just, they didn't get a chance to see life and it just got taken away from them. But anyway, let's jump into it, shall we? So, in 1998, eight year old Maddie Clifton vanished from her Southside Jacksonville neighborhood without a trace. Days later, her body would be found where no one would have ever suspected. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll know this case. It's a it's a pretty well known one.
1: Recent or? I'm
0: not necessarily. Well, I just told you 1998. Oh,
1: that's right. <laughs> so, Maddie Clifton. <laughs> I always. It seems like I always block out the year because I'm just trying to listen to what the other person Just is.
0: the year or the whole story? Mm.
1: Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> okay, so Maddie Clifton was born on June 17th, 1990. She was the younger of two daughters to Sheila and Steve Clifton. Jessica, her sister, was three years older and they called her Jessie for short. So the Clifton family lived in a suburban neighborhood in Jacksonville, Florida. And Jessie and Maddie were not just sisters, but they also considered uh, one another as best friends. So Maddie was described as someone who resonated with people. She was polite, well-mannered, and had such a big heart. She was really and like truly loved by all. She loved playing the piano, dancing, playing different sports. Maddie loved to stay active. She was the type of girl who wanted to do everything, and she would. The Clifton family was a solid family that loved spending time with one another. They would often partake in family outings, fishing trips, vacations, and much more. Sheila and Steve wanted to instill the true meaning of family in their children's lives. But then on November 3rd, 1998, the Clifton family dynamic would completely change when Maddie didn't join the family at the dinner table that evening. Jessie was sent out to look for her younger sister, but would not receive an answer back no matter how many times she called out Maddie's name. Police began their search right away once Maddie was reported missing. The next morning, more than a thousand people from across Northeast Florida joined police to search for Maddie by handing out flyers and combing through the neighborhood. Almost immediately, authorities had a suspect, Larry Grissom, the next-door neighbor. Larry was on the police was on police's radar because he had been arrested and charged more than fifteen years earlier in two sexual battery accounts. Granted, both crimes, I'm sorry, both times, the charges against him had been dropped. Larry was brought in uh, to be polygraphed. Although he horribly failed the lie detector in regards to Maddie's disappearance, Police had to let him go, considering his airtight alibi for that evening.
1: So what's the point of the polygraph?
0: Exactly. So it's, well, I mean, you know what I mean? It can... It can detect certain things I guess but at the same time if you're like really fucking nervous because of the fact that you're in there taking a polygraph test oh, I think yeah, it picks that, that up too true, but so I think that's why they don't really rely on it but then why even do it at all I don't know I don't know because I would assume that there's certain I don't know certain instances where it does pick it up and it is a true reading you know what I mean
1: yeah, I, I could understand that, but it's just.
0: I don't know. I know that they don't really. You could blame use it, it on
1: being nervous all the time, and if you're if you're off, you know. What I mean? Yeah,
0: I know, I understand, but I don't know if they necessarily use it anymore as. Evidence Unliable. in cases, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um. Sorry, I forgot where I left
1: off. Lie detector test and right, let okay. him go because of his yes, alibi. Yes, they let him go. Okay, so I'm listening. Whistle,
0: look at you. With so little to go on and no trace of Maddie, um, police began to call off the search, but the community refused to stop searching. In no time, the FBI got involved and started passing out flyers everywhere they possibly could, even at local football games. Eventually, even the National Guard troops were called to walk through the sewer system in hopes of any clue pointing to Maddie. A reward for $50,000 was even posted for anyone that could find Maddie eventually, that amount would double. But then, on the seventh day of Maddie's disappearance, everything would change. While one of the officers was staked out at the Clifton home playing Monopoly with Maddie's sister Jessie, he received a dreadful call and quickly walked out of the house Maddie had been found. So, across the street lived the Phillips family. Wait,
1: don't cops usually scope out the place outside of the building instead of inside with them?
0: Well, I think because, like, the whole search was going on, and there was, like, a bunch of people from the community. Okay. You know what I mean? There was, like, he wasn't the only police officer. There was many police officers around the house, like... Okay. They were still searching, you know what I mean?
1: They were inside, and then they were surveilling outside. There was people
0: inside, yeah, with the kids, and, like, there was people outside, like, just... Okay, ...searching, combing through the neighborhood, you know? So, um... Across the street lived the Phillips family. Mom was Missy Phillips, dad was Steve Phillips, and their 14-year-old son, Joshua. Joshua had a big crush on Jesse. So the day Maddie disappeared... She came home from school, practiced on her piano for a bit, and decided to go outside and play before dinner time. So as she went around the neighborhood, as she normally, as she usually did, to find someone to play with, one neighbor observed Maddie do all of this. So the neighbor recalls seeing Joshua approach Maddie, and then they begin playing baseball together. So seeing that all was normal, uh, the neighbor decided that he was going to go back to his business and not really pay any more attention to these two kids, right? So the officer that receives the call on November 10th, 1998 was asked to go to the Phillips home because Missy Phillips had found something. And as Missy had walked into her son's room that morning to do some light cleaning, she could smell a foul odor. She didn't think anything of it. After all, Joshua was a teenage boy. So suddenly, Missy noticed Joshua's waterbed had been leaking. There was a puddle forming in the corner of the bed. Like, talk about the 90s. Waterbeds. I don't know, are waterbeds popular still?
1: I don't know, I've never been on a waterbed. I
0: don't know if I have, but I feel like it'd be really uncomfortable. It's a lot of like movement. Would you get seasick in a waterbed?
1: Um Maybe. You're anyway. asking if I would? Then that's a maybe. Maybe. Yes.
0: I mean you get I sick get, with any movement, so
1: I get sick when there's too many people in lines. Oh
0: Jesus. Okay. So um Right, so the she notices the leak from the waterbed and as she gets closer to inspect the water spot which she assumed was the was the reason for the awful stench it was possibly like growing some kind of mold so she notices that the sideboard of the bed had been torn and taped back together she rattled the sideboard and discovered something that was not expected underneath joshua's bed missy noticed a child's foot what without any hesitation she ran out of the home and immediately asked for one of the police officers that was still in the neighborhood. Backup was called and officers entered the Phillips home. Missy couldn't even look at the waterbed anymore, but she just pointed quickly towards it. Police were fully aware who the real suspect was now. They taped off the crime scene and headed to Joshua's middle school. He was arrested and taken to a juvenile detention center where he confessed. Joshua told police Maddie had come over that day to play, even though Joshua wasn't wasn't allowed to play with anyone when his parents weren't home. So instead, he told Maddie that he would come out and they could play baseball in the yard. So as they were playing baseball, Joshua accidentally hits Maddie with the baseball over her eye. She begins bleeding and starts crying and screaming really loudly. So Joshua panics, knowing his parents would be home soon, and they would be really pissed if they saw that he had invited someone over without their consent. So he quickly carries Maddie inside the house and decides the best way to silence her would be by hitting her over the head with a baseball bat. Wow. Right? So he's. No way. So he tells police officer that he hit her over the head like two times with his bat. So Joshua then began stabbing her several times before shoving her underneath his bed. But when forensics came back, they knew Joshua was lying because they discovered that Maddie had actually been strangled with a phone cord for several minutes before being hit several times with the baseball bat. So, Maddie would eventually go silent. Joshua's dad would come home and all would be normal, right? When Joshua had returned back to his room, he found Maddie making noises and she was, like, uh, groaning and stuff. So, that's when he decides to start stabbing her, right? So, she's pretty much... Yeah, he starts stabbing her.
1: Because she was groaning?
0: Yeah, because she was making noises.
1: Oh
0: okay, okay. She wasn't dead yet; she wasn't fully oh, dead yet. Okay. So, he decides to officially silence her by stabbing her like eleven times, and he uh, stabs her body like nine times, and then he gets her neck like two times.
1: Wow. Yeah. This is a eight year old kid.
0: This is, well, the little girl that died was eight. Yeah. The one that kills her is fourteen.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yes, so it so, wasn't Larry. It wasn't Larry. No. No, he had an alibi for sure, but this is wow. Yeah, this is the other neighbor. This is wild. The one across the street. Have you never? Have you not heard of this I
1: don't, case before? I remember. I remember the name Larry Grissom. Oh no, no. But maybe it's something this, else. This
0: maybe that's something else. But this is like this is a pretty well known case. Like it's one of those like child killer cases. You know what I mean?
1: Wow, I must be in a cave.
0: Oh, man. So, when Maddie's body was discovered, she was nude from the waist down, but Joshua would claim that her pants had slipped off as he was basically shoving her lifeless body underneath the bed. Although no sexual assault was present, it was found that Joshua had viewed pornographic videos before and after the killing.
1: Wait, so the guy that had a crush on the eight year old? On
0: the eight year old's sister.
1: Sister, okay. I was going to say, this 14 year old has a crush on the eight year old? That's
0: a little. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, uh... on on the sister. Wow. Yeah. So by November 19th, 1998, a grand jury returned a first degree murder charge against Joshua Phillips. He would be tried as an adult due to the severity of the crime. On August twentieth, nineteen 1999, Joshua Phillips was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In 2017, Joshua would get the same punishment at a new sentencing when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional to automatically sentence youthful offenders to life. Phillips will be entitled to appeal the decision and under state law his case is up for an automatic review in about 6 years. So about 2023. Maddie's story didn't end in 1999 when Joshua was arrested and sent to prison though. The lives of those associated with Joshua and Maddie continued to veer off course. Stephen Sheila Clifton divorced after 25 years of marriage. They were actually together for like 30 years but they both were unable to grief uh, unable to grieve and cope with Maddie's murder. Uh. so eventually they obviously grew apart. Sheila mo- uh, Sheila moved into her mother's house that was actually on the same um, in the same neighborhood and it allowed her to still be close to Jesse, her other daughter, but away from the Phillips home where Maddie was murdered. Steve Clifton moved out of the house during the summer of 2018, eventually selling the house to his daughter Jessie. And Missy Phillips, who's Joshua's mom, withdrew from society and basically stayed inside after her son was arrested. Like, it mentions how anywhere she would go, she would always be referred to as, like, um, Joshua's mom, and, like, people would stare at her and they knew. Oh, well, yeah, of course they I knew. I mean, what was obviously. Going on, yeah. And she was just, like, so heartbroken. She was so apologetic to the family. Like, she would send them uh, Christmas cards every year. And, I mean, it wasn't her fault, you know what I mean? It's no, not no, her no, fault that that me. happened. And it wasn't that she was... She was remorseful for the for his well, actions.
1: Yeah, it's, like you said, it's not her fault. Right. He made a decision or something. And, yeah. But it does, you know... Show. I mean, it it makes people go, that person was associated with this person. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, Joshua's dad, Steve Phillips, died in a car accident eventually. And I couldn't find the year, but he didn't make it. Uh, Jessie Clifton was just 13 when her sister was killed and her world as she knew it, was turned completely upside down. But she lives every day with her sister's memory close to her heart. And like I said, she bought the house. She bought the family's house uh, sometime in 2018 or 2017 from her father. So
1: she's living in the there. Family. Yeah, Keeping she's a... Uh, she,
0: even though there's a lot of sadness that's associated with the memories that were from the house... She I'm still sure it's her family home. Too, yeah, me. that too. And that was one of the things. She was like, I'm keeping it for that reason because of all the good memories with Maddie and
1: Yeah, you spent all those years with your family there and there's for sure. A big bad part of it, but Yeah. There's a lot of little great parts.
0: Yeah. And that is the uh pretty well known case of Maddie Clifton.
1: I the literally little, haven't. I don't think I've heard the of disappearance
0: that one. and murder of Maddie Clifton. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about it when th- they would always do these like specials on. I don't know Lifetime, the Lifetime Network or whatever, and it'd be like child killers, and that was one of the, one of the ones that always stuck out to me, just because of the way that like he. Treated, her, you know. Yeah. Her dead body, which was really fucking sick. But.
1: For an, a 14 year old kid to do this? Yeah. To an 8 year old kid? It's wild. It's mm-hmm, just. Mm hmm. It's going through people's heads.
0: Mm.
1: What drives them to do this? But. We have you to tell us the story. Yes. And to, uh. Um, hopefully, uh. Look into a little bit more. And to, you know, keep a little bit of the memory alive.
0: Absolutely. That's what we, uh... That's why I like to retell these stories and listen to podcasts that do retell these kinds of stories. Because they remind us over and over and over again just of all the horrible shit that's going on. But I don't know if there's any way that... any one of us could make a difference that's a big deal right if maybe not for Maddie maybe for the next person Yeah. you know what I mean we intervened before
1: could be for a friend could be for a family member
0: exactly anybody
1: could be somebody you know
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but thank you for uh
0: thank you for listening
1: and keeping us informed about this story Absolutely. for the people that didn't hear it before the people that have heard it um. Very interesting. It's pretty... Mm. You're right about the whole kid ones. Once it's a kid, it's kind of like...
0: Oh, and that was a part of my intro. I should have said, like, kids killing kids, but I didn't want to...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that doesn't sound that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. But thank you. It was very, very good. And, uh yeah, if you guys want to, you know, do a little bit more research or... Was there any, like...
0: Oh, you said research. Yes, that reminds me. I did get a lot of my information off of the uh, Washington Post I'm sorry, the Washington Times, Washington Post. The Washington Times and it's um, it's an article called Lives Go on after Disappearance: Death of Maddie Clifton Eight and it's just it's sad, it's sad.
1: yeah you guys you guys have a chance? Which you know you guys have a chance because you're at home. Uh, check it out.
0: Yes, and I will make sure I post pictures, obviously, on our Instagram. Not of just the, uh, not of just the true crime portion, but of course the beer. And mm-hmm. yeah, make sure you like and uh, follow.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're on Apple Podcasts, why don't you leave us a review, even if it's not good.
0: We'll take it.
1: We'll take it. We've. Whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, but don't be mean. Yeah. I mean, be mean if you want, but don't be mean. It's not be, nice.
1: If you guys want to be critical, be critical, but don't you know? Don't give us any bad words or.
0: Absolutely.
1: Or, tell us that Illinois has an S in it, <laughs> and it's not being. You don't have to pronounce it.
0: Take us um, into the good news.
1: Good news of the week. Uh, the headline reads, "Well, first, it's from." I'm not even gonna say our friends anymore because I don't think they know about us and they don't really care. The Good News Give them a follow. Shout them out. For sure. Subscribe. <laughs>
0: subscribe. Absolutely subscribe with them.
1: Um. Yes. So it says, man uses his savings to fill up gas tanks for dozens of nurses heading to a nearby hospital. Oh. A compassionate missionary man being praised for using his savings to buy gas for nurses fighting the, new, the novel coronavirus outbreak. Last week, Alan Marshall stood on the corner of the Exxon gas station near the Detroit Medical Center holding a sign that reads, free gas for nurses. Marshall ends up spending a ends up spending $900 of his own money to fill the tanks of between 50 to 80 vehicles, ...that belonged to medical workers on the hospital front line. Although Marshall had originally been saving the money to buy himself a knife sharpening tool, he felt inspired to do something nice for the local hospital staffers after dropping his wife, who is an essential worker, off at her shift with Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, wow. So you're telling me this guy was saving $900 for a knife sharpener? What that must be ha- a
0: damn good knife.
1: What's his knife? A sword?
0: Maybe. Does
1: Imagine
0: he, it's just a giant brick.
1: Is he trying to sharpen there's... the Excalibur sword you <laughs> <laughs> pull out of a rock? <laughs> <clears throat> um. So it says, I just love them and I want them to know that. He told WDIV in the interview below. Well, because it's an article, so I should have left that part out. Never mind. After he ran out of money, Marshall continued to stand at the intersection with the, with a new sign that said that simply read, "Thank you for all you do." However, the story of Marshall's good deed does not end there. A woman who was identified only as Alana caught word of Marshall's labor of love and contributed another $200 of her own money to his cause. This is just one of many positive stories and updates that are coming out of COVID-19 news coverage this week. For uplifting coverage on um, the outbreak, check out the goodnewsnetwork.org.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, uh, yeah, you can find this story there. Uh, if you need this, they're saying everybody needs to start, like, doing masks, that good news network has a little article somewhere where they show you how to make a a quick mask out of anything
0: yes it's there's like no so ones too
1: yeah and um yeah that was it
0: that was very cool that's the one thing I like uh to see out of this mm-hmm. chaos happening is the positivity
1: yeah I'm but I'm you know sure what it's... to me it's like this is great but it took a fucking horrific event, horrific event, for people to start being nice. I know. You know what I mean. That's
0: the shitty part too.
1: It's like I. We
0: have it in us, but we just like, don't do it, like, it until. Yeah. I it's don't like know.
1: We don't we, we do it out of appreciation, but at the same time, we should be doing this all the time.
0: Yeah, not just because there's a pandemic, but we won't get into that.
1: But no, it's 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 good news. It's great that. People are stepping forward to do this, and um, we hope that more people do it. Yes. More do often, your part. because if we do what you can, because if we don't help each other, we're not gonna get through this shit.
0: Absolutely, and if you can't, then just stay home.
1: And if you can't, you're it's helping out by deal. just staying home you are and helping out. Not spreading anything uh, that anybody else doesn't wanna catch.
0: For sure. Well, on that note, thank you for joining us. We.
1: We appreciate you guys.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us every week and listening and taking the time to listen. Even we though know we're you guys ranting have so much half the time, right? time. Yeah, we were and ranting. we're just all over the place half the time. But thanks for listening. It's fun, it's nice to know that we're
1: we're being listened to. We're being listened to. By at least five people.
0: Listeners. That should be the word to drink to.
1: We said listeners twice, barely. Well, listeners, listeners, listeners.
0: Until the end of the podcast. who's Cheers. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, be well. Cheers to you guys.
0: Toodles.